This is Snake. Can you hear me? Good. The mission is simple. Put your geek pants on and infiltrate Foxhound. If you need backup, contact Ken and Chris on their codec frequency. Ready? Snake out. On three then? One. Wait, on three or after three? On three. On three? One, One. two, three. Fire it up! Fire it up! Fire it up! Yeah! Geek Pantsers! Surprise! October 30th! This is our Crow episode! Happy Devil's Night! Mm. We thought it was appropriate to do the 25th anniversary of The Crow. Yes. On Devil's Night, because the movie takes place almost entirely on Devil's Night. Yep. That is true. It is true. It, it happens, true. and then jumps one year later. So, um, I I gotta say, it has been quite some time since I watched this movie. And you, and you rewatched it before this? I have rewatched it before All this. Right. In fact, I watched it last night. Ah! Yes. I, uh, I was gonna do one of the other movies we discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided, you know what? It's been too long, so I'm, I'm gonna watch it. And right away, right out of the gates... If you would have said, hey, Chris, do you like the movie Crow? I would have said, yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. But right out of the gates, I forgot how much I like this movie. Yeah. I also forgot how well done this movie is. It's fantastic. Like, I mean, across the board, so we're talking, like, uh, how well is it shot? It's beautifully shot. Mm -hmm. They made the most of their budget. Oh, yeah. Okay? Second of all, um, the story itself, like how it was written... There is not one wasted thing in here. There's stuff that gets uh, like dropped in the beginning of the movie that gets seeded later on, and you're just like, Christ! Like the yeah. attention to detail is is phenomenal. Um, everyone in it is great too. Oh, entire cast is amazing. Entire cast is like, amazing. Like I watched it again again a couple nights ago, but I've seen it lots over the years. I've seen it lots over the years too. Like it was an, I, it was one of those where like I say I forgot how much I loved it, but as I was watching it, I was like going along with the yeah. dialogue. Yeah. Because exactly. I watched it so many times. Because it's so quotable. It is so quotable, and it's fucking hilarious. So you think like that's one of those like, like a million quotes so much, movies. Like, I wrote a couple down, a couple of my favorites because as I was watching, obviously can't rain all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Love that. Exactly. Love that. Buildings burn, people die, but real love is forever. Yeah. Beautiful way to That's end a song. great way. Uh, I also want, uh, what is it, uh, Mother is the ah, Word for God on the Lips and Hearts of Children it, Everywhere. Yeah. I was like, I still, to this day, I think that's one of the best lines ever because yeah. it's so true. Mm. It's so true. Victims, aren't we all? Yeah. Fire it up. Of course, fire it up. It's just, it's so damn or good. Or even where he's like, where, uh... Oh, shoot. T-Bird is quoting the Devil's Bible. Yes. You know? And yep. then he's doing that. And the, the devil looked and saw how awful goodness was. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, this is crazy. Um, just so many awesome quotes. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, dialogue is phenomenal. It's probably, like, the best, some of the best dialogue of any comic book movie ever. In, it is, ever. It's also one of the best comic book movies of all time. Oh, yeah. Like, like I, 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 It's easily in my top ten stuff. Frequently cite Spider-Man 2, but this one is up there because, like, it takes the source material, mm -hmm. and in my opinion, uh, I feel like it elevates the source material. Me too. Because like, I, 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 I read the three issues after, 
Oh, you did. Yes. Yeah, I, I read James Obar's original. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's, I thought I thought I, I, I misunderstood movie, what you meant. After the movie. Because I did the same thing when you got it. Yeah. I ended up reading it because you got it. Yeah. And while I really liked the art style. Very cool art in style, kind of like Kevin Eastman TMNT, like that real sketchy dark. Yeah, lines. but also kind of like uh, early uh, David Mack. Absolutely. Yeah. His first Kabuki book. Yeah, yep. exactly. Very much, or at least you could see the inspiration, I guess, in terms of art style. Um, but yeah, exactly. Very much so like Kevin Eastman or Peter Laird or whoever was yeah. the artist, and uh, very much that inspired. But uh, one thing that I gotta say though, like in terms of the way the story is done, like in the book, Top Dollar is killed off. I think he's one of the first that gets oh, yeah. killed off. Yeah. He's, like not he's either first or second. And then this, they switch it up. They make him like this big bad But I love how movie. they make him the the final boss character because really that's what he is. Top yeah. Dollar should be the, uh, the, the final top. boss. Yeah. You know? And Michael um, Wincott was so great in that role. Yeah, but come on, man. And that, that guy had like that, what was it, like a trifecta of awesome movies around that time. Because he, he did Metro. Yeah, but Metro was a little bit later. Wasn't uh, it 99? Uh, 97. Or, okay. So no, that's it's, true. It's a few years true. later. And then a few years before. But this is also before actors did five movies a year. Exactly. Right, so yeah. And then a couple years before this, he did The Three Musketeers, the Disney Three Musketeers. Oh yeah, that's right. That. I've always liked him. I've always liked him. He's always been a really good actor. Uh, and a it's really because great of this movie guy. that I've always liked him. Exactly. But uh, the director, I actually was because uh, I was like, you know what? Like I never really do enough of the director stuff. So of course I promptly forgot the director's name. But I didn't realize that he also did Dark City. It's the Dark City director, yes. And then he did a couple of other movies. Uh, yeah, he kind of went downhill after Dark City, but. Um... Uh, I don't think he went downhill. I just think that. Well, he did. He did knowing with Nicolas Cage. That was like the last, but I think that was a studio thing. His last movie that was it was honestly garbage, and that was Gods of Egypt. Oh yes, I never even watched that. I because fr- I watched like, it because I it saw the really... list and I went, oh man, I didn't realize yeah. he did Dark City, and then I was like, okay, well, you can kind of see like Dark City into the Crow that uh, visual. Yeah, uh, kept that dark gothic. The, yeah, very much gothic. Yeah, and. Uh, but then, yeah, Gods of Egypt members like, oh, yeah, no. Like, I the trailers look bad, but I still give it a chance because I'm like, well, that's Freud. Like, even knowing wasn't too bad. It's not as good, remotely as good as The Crow or Dark City. But it was still yeah. it was still pretty decent. Like, it was right, like, in between time when Nick Cage was, like, doing the big movies and then kind of yeah. dipping into the beast. I feel stuff. like, I also feel like this is the kind of movie where I'm glad it was made when it, when it was. Yeah, I don't think it could be it could be made today, but it wouldn't be nearly. Well, even the same. like uh, the last guy that was going to do it, uh, Northington or Worthington or whatever, Norrington. Uh, Norrington. Yeah, Norrington. He was saying that like his would be sort of like uh, grounded in realist, like a realistic take on this, and almost kind of uh, cyberpunk kind of thing. But this seems realistic, like. But that's and that's what I was gonna say was like other than him having quick healing, it's everything feels very real in the movie. Yeah, nothing about this feels fake. It no. actually feels and I think weird the, around him exactly like, because think, he's there. Yeah. that's what fucks everything up because exactly. he shows up. Yeah, you know, and uh, like even the practical effects, and I, I don't want to get too too ahead of myself, but like like I agree. So I'm but I'm also thinking to myself like, okay, so you're saying about you want to do like a gritty, realistic reboot for it, well, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Like, this one was 
as gritty as it gets. It was only like with City of Angels where I felt like it got a little bit more fantastical. Well, that's the thing. I feel like if they did this again today, it would be too flashy. It would be too Hollywood flashy. And that's, and and that's kind of, of my Angels point was, where was like it came at the perfect time because I, I honestly feel like, you know, they... Because The Crow had a lot of buzz. Like, huge buzz on the Oh, yeah. You know, and it was one of those top... Like, like it, it top was, dog indie yeah, books. It was you getting know? buzzed before Brendan Lee passed. Exactly. Like, so then... The studio was like, okay, well, you know, here's the budget. I don't even remember what the budget was. I didn't even look because I was like, ah, I don't care. Um, and they got Brandon Lee on, which um, was a get to play the role, but it wasn't like it was this huge thing. It was like, this was like, holy oh, fuck. I was looking at his like filmography before he passed. I think this is like only his third American film. Yeah, something like that. Was like, it like Rapid Fire was Rapid his first? Rapid Fire, and then, no, that was his second. His first was that. Tokyo Showdown or oh, yes. Dolph Lundgren. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I never watched that one. I watched Rapid Fire. Yeah. Rapid Fire is pretty good. Like as far as Oh yeah. I watched all of them like, yeah. afterwards. Yeah. The Tokyo one I only watched clips of. I caught it like halfway through whatever. Yeah. I was like, ah yeah. But then and then of course the crow um was amazing. And yeah, it's it's really sad that that's his last like big role. It's also sad that that's the one of the big reasons why it you know, got all this acclaim, or not, uh, infamy. The cult following, Cult right? following was because it was his last role. It should be a cult following because it's a phenomenal movie. It's a phenomenal movie. You know, but like... But how often does, is your last movie that phenomenal, too? Uh, yeah, I guess the only one like, that I can think of is Dark Knight with Heath Ledger. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, Which wasn't even his last movie, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because that Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, yeah. whatever it was. But that one I won't count because they blatantly cast other people to fill that role. Yes. Whereas this... This one... This is amazing. Like, considering 94, they didn't have a lot of tech. So the, no. the fact that they could finish it with his stunt double and then superimpose his face over top... Exactly. But I don't think they did it that much, though. It's only one or two, like, quick clips. Because yeah. when I was younger... The only other part that I think... I, I honestly believe that it wasn't him was... Uh, the scene where Shelly's in their old apartment and she's basically saying like, hey, like, I, I know it's you. You know, uh, can't write all the time. That was in one of your songs. And then it finally it's like, okay, well, like, I miss you guys. I miss Shelly, you know? Yeah. And then finally, like, as she's leaving, he shows up and they just show, like, the bright light with that, like, circle or window and you don't see his face. No, it's shadowed that's, out. Yeah, it's all shadowed out and I think that's one of the few where they didn't have to do that. Well, it was right at the end. Like, I always thought, well, growing up, we didn't have internet or anything. Right. So it was all rumors of what happened. Yeah, and You got yeah, little exactly. interviews here and there. I always thought it was the big gunfight where he died. Because it was... It was That's what I always thought, a too. A piece of the cap, like the, the cap or something the broke off. piece of the fake bullet... Uh, like, I guess at the time, the, the way they did fakes was that they were almost... Like, almost fake, but there was just a bit of it that was real, and that littlest bit came off and hit him, and that's what killed him. Yeah. But I always thought it was in the uh, the big shootout. But it isn't. It's the flashbacks where she's getting raped and he's getting killed in the apartment. Oh, wow. And Fumboy, apparently, because I read this last night, Fumboy, the guy that played Fumboy, yeah. he had a gun in a bag, and he, he pointed it, and he shot. But back then, they wanted it to look really good and flashy, so they put, like, this little powder stuff in there like explosive powder so when he shot the fake oh. that powder 
broke the the fake. Oh, jeez. Shot a shard into him. Wow. They cut that out completely. Obviously. Like they took the like the gun doesn't appear in that scene at all anymore. Obviously. But still, that's where it wow. Happened. Huh. Just a fluke. Like, I'm sure they did that hundreds and hundreds of times oh, that, before. Well, that's what it was. It was right? one of those, like, we've done this countless times. And, yeah. and then it's almost like, it's like a curse of the Lee family kind of thing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I remember that one. Because they died well, I mean, the same like, age. Bruce died, the same age of Bruce dies on the set, too, right? No, he didn't die on set. I thought he died on set. No, he died at a, uh, a friend's place. Oh, I swore that he died on set. Okay. Well, you're wrong. I am wrong. Yes. yes. You would know. I would know. You follow Bruce. I would know. I mean... I will say this. It's possible that I am wrong, but I'm not. Mm. Okay, I'm, no, I'm just going to believe you. I could I could pick up the phone and look, but I believe you because you know your Merkel. I'm not even looking at the phone. I know you're not. It's over there. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so what have we got here? So, uh, yeah, okay, we'll go okay, so, uh, the list here. So, um, I, from what I've seen from Brandon Lee, I liked Brandon Lee. I like Brandon Lee. I liked his acting, yep. uh, but one of the things that always stuck stuck with me afterwards, you know, when you watch like old uh, interviews and stuff like that, was that like he he went like when he first kind of was looking at the character and he was thinking like, okay, well, I was just kind of thinking of playing this like a straight up like an, a good guy type of thing, and then I just kind of thought, well, like if I'm dead and I come back to life, that's gonna mess me up. So I'm not going to, like, I'm, I'm going to be off the wall a little bit. So all these little things that he's doing, like, where he's almost, like, madcap but not over the top with it, was perfect. Yeah. Because it was just enough where, like, like the part where Funboy, he's like, literally, you get, I give you this. You got me. Blows that hole through his hand. And he's just mm. like, oh, oh, oh. And then closes up. I yeah. was just like, that's perfect. But it wasn't so over the top, like, uh... Like the mask, right? Right, right. You know? And of course, nothing wrong with the mask being over the top. Um, uh, unless you've read the comic books. If you read the comic books, it's a little bit more Deadpool and a lot yeah. less uh, yeah. slapstick. But, uh, <clears throat> although it's funny, I listed off Mad Cat and Slapstick, which are both goofball cartoon characters. Or comic book characters. So, yeah, I'm a geek. <laughs> um, but the other thing that I really, really liked about his portrayal, and I don't think I noticed it the last time I watched it was, and I think it's maybe because I'm watching movies now more like with this kind of thought process in mind, is he's playing this character with an inherent sadness to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Like this is, uh, like he's got a righteous crusade, but he's not like, yeah, I'm going to right these wrongs <clears throat> and send these guys to hell. Yep. This is a guy that came back from the dead for the sole purpose of crossing over so that he can be with Shelly. And it's sad because he's not with her now and he hasn't been with her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like just those little things were like um, the conversations with Ernie Hudson. Yeah, fantastic. You know? Every scene they share in that movie is just amazing. You know what I mean? Like even just that whole like... Uh, when he goes, Freezer, you're dead. Well, then I say I'm dead and I... Or what, no, what he's like, uh, don't move. And he goes, I thought the cops always said freeze. Yeah. And he goes, uh, well, I'm a cop, and I say don't move. And he goes, or he oh, goes, don't move or do, you're dead. Or you're dead. Well, then I say I'm dead, and I move. Man, that's awesome. So good. That's so good. But even like, uh, well, like I was saying, like the thought process they put into this, 
I love even just when he's in the pawn shop and he's looking for the rings. And he's not even, like, no, his eyes are closed and he's just, like, throwing and then all yeah. of a sudden it's just, he feels it. That's yeah. her ring. I was like, that's awesome. I love when Gideon pushes just enough and finally he just, like, okay, takes the shotgun, dumps all the other rings in the shotgun to to fire at Gideon and then blows the whole place all up. All these, like, like, represent That's the awesome. That you've, you've but, like, I was saying about the sadness, like, when he's in... Uh, the apartment, talking with... Uh, Mary Hudson? Yeah, uh, I think it's, it's Albrecht. Uh, Al- Albrecht, yeah. Albrecht, he, yeah. He grabs his head and then sees all the memories but of But even before dying. that, before that he was just like, he wasn't like, <clears throat> back from the dead. No. It was just like, no. so like, you just, God, like you felt for him. You know what I mean? Well, like, he acted his ass off in this. This oh, was yeah. the first movie I saw with Brandon Lee. Because, I mean, he only did four, I think. In total before this, the two Americans and then a couple I think overseas. so, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I, uh, this was the first movie I ever saw Brandon Lee in all the way through. I had seen the actual climax of Rapid Fire. Okay. Uh, but, like, it was just, like, one of those, like, you know when you, uh, you hang out at your aunts and uncles or whatever and they got movie channels. Yep, yep. And, uh, so you're just kind of flipping and all of a sudden you just see it. So all I saw was this scene where, uh, the big bad guy's got the hooks, and Brandon Lee, like, makes it so that he's hooked onto the rail. Okay, yeah. And then, like, just electrocutes himself. So I saw a couple of, like, Brandon Lee kicks. I didn't know it was Brandon Lee. I didn't know it all until oh. later, right? Uh, but yeah, so this was the first full movie that I had seen all the way through. Instantly fell in love with it. Like, instantly fell in love We watched with this together, right? Yeah, we watched this together. I had the video at the movie store, my parents' We watched store. this together, so you and I watched it for the first time together, and then you also, man, you also bought one of the greatest soundtracks of all time, because this is still, like... This is the the movie that got me into so much of the music I love today. Exactly, like me like, too. Like, I hadn't heard Nine Inch Nails, or The Cure, or, or Stone Temple Pilot. Like, I, I back then I was listening to freaking, like... Country and whatever, whatever I mean, your parents are listening to, whatever's on the radio, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, and what? I agree. Like, yeah. this was one of those movies where, like, I was a little bit different because I was already starting to listen to like Nirvana, yeah, and Green Day and, and Rancid and stuff like that. But uh, not so much Rancid. Rancid was a little bit later, more high school. But still, I was not ready for that kind of music. So when I heard that and that soundtrack, like front to back, is amazing. Oh, it's so good. Uh, what is there, filters on there, I believe? Uh, I wanted to look that up, but I just didn't, because I'm lazy. It might be, it might be. A Rage Against the Machine. Rage on Against, there. like this, it's an and amazing then I, album. I forget her name, but the, the woman that does uh, It Can't Rain All the Time yeah. song. That's such a haunting, beautiful song. Like, when it kicks in at the end credits of this movie. Oh, man. And it's and then it actually says, uh, for Brandon and Alexa, or Erica, or... His real girlfriend's name. I can't. I that I don't know. But they don't, know don't just dedicate to him; they dedicate to her, his yeah. girlfriend too. Yeah. Because this uh, is such an amazing love story. Like it's it not just is. a gothic thriller comic book adaptation. It's it's a love story. But and that's I think that's one of those things where uh, we're gonna lose that in the eventual reboot. Yeah. Eventually, someone's gonna bring a pitch to the studios, and they're gonna go, "Yeah, fucking right." Well, James O'Barr, he's. He wants to do it. He's like, it's not going to be like the Brandon Lee movie. It's going to be more my comic brought to life. And I kind of feel for him. I feel for the, him too. Because the crow is his and now it's Brandon Lee's. I feel like 
Brandon's yeah, legacy is kind of taken. But I also think that the, the one of the dumbest things they ever did was with the sequel, where they didn't mine other of the books. I know he's got so many books because you know, like it's like yeah, okay. Eric Draven is the most popular version of the crow. Yeah. But there's other versions. You know, there's a female crow. There's a Native American crow. I wrote a screenplay on that. Yeah. Cry of the Crow. Exactly. Exactly. And I put so, all of my own stuff in there, but I based it completely off his work. Yeah. Because I read that because Alex Malib did the yard on it. James O'Barr wrote it. That's right. That's right. And I remember just being like, there's a lot of really cool stuff here mm-hmm. that you could take one of those and do the same thing that they did with this script and they change the story a bit. Yep. You know, because um, like in the original, he, I think Eric, they weren't really, her, Eric and Shelly weren't really dating at the time. They were just kind of sort of, like, yeah. she, was about to get, she was getting raped and he had come across her. They didn't do any of the uh, housing uh, eviction Oh, yeah, thing. that's all adults. Like, that's movie, all yeah. adults. But I, like, oh, man, like, even the way it starts, it starts right after it happened. And yeah. you get those flashes of what had happened. Like, you meet Albrecht first. Yeah. Like, Shelly's on the verge of dying. She's slowly dying. Yeah. You meet, um... Well, no, Eric's dead already. Eric's already Eric's dead. Eric's got the body bag already. Uh, you meet Sarah. Sarah. You meet Sarah. Who is such a great young actress. Yeah. And then, so, like, I looked at her IMDb right after this movie. She didn't do another thing till 2009. What was 2009? Just some small little thing. Because I was just going to say, I don't even think I would have recognized her. I don't think I would either. That's a long, that's, a, what, 15 years later. Like, yeah. She was probably around 12 or so in the movie. 12, 13, possibly. Which I think was around our age. I think she yeah. was around the same age as yeah. us in that movie. But, uh, yeah, that's right. Like, right at the beginning, like, it starts off with, like, right after it happens, and then it starts to piece together yeah. everything. But even just, like, well, fuck, like, the scene where, like, the whole sequence where Eric is, like, come out of the grave, and the crow is leading him to Boots. Yeah. And then back to the apartment. And he's kind of like walking all zombie-like. He's, cause, like, like he's fucking falling over. Yeah. And he doesn't quite know what's going on. Because let's face it, he's been dead for a year. He's been in the ground for mm-hmm. a whole year. So it's not like he just kind of woke up and was like, let's kill some thugs, right? Yeah. Um, man, I, just, I can't get over... like, And Brandon Lee definitely did act his ass off. And it's like, the tragic part is, yes, he died. But uh, I feel like even if he didn't die, this would have still been huge for him. I, I think he would have had a career a lot like Keanu Reeves. Yeah, very where much Where every so. few years he would have that big thing that brings him back. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Um, especially because, of course, now he's starting up in Hollywood like 30 years later, like 30 years after his dad had gone through all that. Yeah. So while I feel like, obviously, there was still racism, racism at play, I think it was a little bit less... Obviously, because it wasn't... Yeah. You know, yeah. but, uh, I mean, still, just... Ah, man, like, I, I really can't say too much about, like, I everything about it. Like, he's on screen, you're watching him. Mm-hmm. You're watching the other characters react to him, but you're watching him. Oh. He's so captivating. I couldn't take my eyes off. Like, I was watching it. It's probably been a good five years since I watched it last. And, man, I felt like I was watching him for the first time. Except I, that you're, like, quoting lines. I'm it, quoting right? lines, but I get so emotionally, like, into it. Like, I'm tearing up at times. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, feeling what this guy's going through. 
Yeah, well, because, I mean, like, well, we're both married now, so, like, mm-hmm. now we have a context. What would you do, like, if you were in that scenario, yeah. right? And, uh, like, I don't know if you remember, but many, many months ago when you needed your uh, sidewalk stones put back in. Yeah. And uh, it was towards the end of the day, and you were like, oh, I think my arms are giving out. And I was like, yeah, but, like, when that happens, pretend like you got to save your wife's life. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you think about it, and you're like, ha, 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 but then you think about it, and you're like, actually, yeah, no, I, I can fucking... I can do more than what I'm doing. Yeah. Because now it's a context. Now you're like, okay, but this is... And I pushed myself. I I saved my wife's life so many times that day. Exactly. And I paid for it greatly for days after. Yep. Yep, exactly. But it was worth it because she's still alive. Exactly. She's still alive Mm -hmm. and those stones got done many, many months ago. Many, many months ago. Uh, Almost six months ago, you could say. Yeah. But, uh... (laughs) Uh, what? Um, uh, even... Even the fight scenes I thought were really good because, like, like you know Brandon Lee is, like, born and raised Jeet Kune Do, like his dad. So obviously his style is his own version of Jeet Kune Do. Mm-hmm. What I really liked was that they didn't do a lot of kung fu in this movie. They really don't. You know? It's very hard-hitting. It's, it's more or less, like, the kind of fighting that you would think that a guy who was basically a rock, a, a rock star... Yeah would do, like, I mean, he's in phenomenal shape in this movie. Like in the alleyway with Tintin right at the beginning there? Oh, yeah. Like, I was watching it, and I, I remember parts of that fight, but not, like, shot for shot kind of thing, and I was actually surprised at the end of it, like, he, he did three kicks and flips off walls and everything there. Yeah. And he didn't. And you'd believe it because he's yeah. a pro now. Yeah. But they don't. They keep it fairly grounded. Yeah. Like... It's like he's brought back from the dead, but that doesn't mean he's learned all these new abilities. Exactly, exactly. So it's just kind of like one of those where, like, I'm like again, like this is something that they thought about, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is something that they were like, yeah, Brandon, you could do this, this, and this. He's like, yeah, but why would I? I'm a rock star. Like I play guitar, right? Yeah, I'm in like that rock star shape, but mm-hmm. you know, so it's kind of like uh, like you figure like Iggy Pop, for instance, because their physiques are very similar, especially because. He was in the sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well... That was a bad movie. That was a bad movie. It was I mean, a really bad movie. It just kept getting worse. Uh, yeah, because what was it? The Crow Damnation? The Crow Salvation. Salvation is the third Salvation one. Salvation was better than City of Angels. Yeah. It is the second still, best of the series. Yeah, but it's still pretty bad. And then there's the horrendous Wicked Prayer. Which I never watched. Don't ever watch it. I never watched it because it had... Ed Edward Furlong, Furlong as the Crow. Tara Edward Reed. Furlong, and he was in his, like, heavy drug days, too. Yeah. Like and Tara Reid. Overweight and... Who was in her... David Boreanaz was in it, too. He was the bad guy. Right. Angel from Buffy. I know who he is. Mm. You don't have to tell me. He was also in a long-running TV show called Bones. Bones. So... Oh. Put that in there for ya. Yeah, there you go. Gotta get it all. Oh um, yeah, awful movie. Awful movie. Oh god, yeah. Oh god, yeah. So, and then that, yeah, that killed the franchise. So. Um, can you say it killed the franchise if it was already direct to video at that point? Because the second one was the only other one that second was second one's at theaters. theaters. Salvation had a limited run in big cities. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. But you know, you got a death knell movie when they're saying, "Yeah, well, just certain big cities will show this." <laughs> I did. I actually really dug Salvation. Though. Like it's. I don't feel anything for it like I do the original, but I, I enjoyed watching it. I, Kirsten Dunst was good in it. 
Yeah, I forgot she was in it. I uh, liked watching it at the time. I tried watching it again, uh, and I remember it was the part where they figured out that he was trying to kill, like, the last guy they had to kill was the guy with, like, the fucking weird uh, arrow star or whatever. Yeah. So they, like, basically grabbed some guy's arm, did the same thing, and then just kind of threw it, like, as if, like, there you go, you killed it, and then all of a sudden it was like he didn't have any powers anymore type of thing, and it was like, that doesn't make any sense because the crow would know that that's not the dude. Mm -hmm. Like, you might not, you might think, okay, yeah, I did it. The crow wouldn't, you know? And I know they were trying to do the similar thing like at the end of the crow, the original one, because his original goal was T-Bird, Tin Tin, mm -hmm. Skank, and Fun Boy. You know, that was it. Was that it? Tin Tin? Yeah, the four. Yeah. So, and I guess, well, Gideon, though. Gideon kind of just... Gideon, he doesn't... Used as a messenger. Yeah. So he literally just... Those, so just the four. Those are the four. So then later, when he goes to get uh, Sarah back from Top Dollar, he's got no powers. You know, he's now, like, on borrowed time. Like, he gets shot and he's bleeding out. Yeah, because the crow was hit. That, too. That's then, right. Then Bei Ling... Yeah. Wants to, like... I don't know what the fuck she wanted to take do. Take his eyes. She wanted to take his yeah, eyes. She's all obsessed with the eyes. Like, that um, eyeball in the cup scene is disgusting. Yeah, but <laughs> that's another gross. thing, too, where uh, they pay attention to detail. So, like, when you look at their uh, bad bad guy cave or, like, their, the top of the club there. Yeah. She says that she really likes eyes. Like, and they, they introduce her, like, they, <laughs> there's the naked chick, and it's just like... Uh, well, I think we broke her. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just dead. like nonchalant, like they fucked the shit out of her type of thing. And she's like, I really like her eyes. They're so pretty. And she's got that weird knife about to go to it, right? So then when we see them later again, she's cooking the eyes. And yeah. I was like, holy fuck. Like I knew she was cooking eyes, but I, for some reason, didn't put those two together. Yeah. But the room itself, there's a lot of circles that look like eyes in that whole room. He opens up... Uh, the door with all the guns and swords and stuff and it's in a perfect circle looks like an eye i was like this is insane mm -hmm. that they sat there and said we need we need this here yeah you know and he does that speech about like uh yeah it's, yeah use another character login lines it's like t-bird can't be with us because he's got a case of being dead or something no, what, what uh, i said so so along those lines he got a case of the deceased something like that because yeah. like uh t-bird T-Bird goes, uh, one of my crew got himself perished. Yeah, I love like, that. One of my crew got himself perished. a weird fucking way to say that. But then again, this is the same one where, like, made it so that when he opens his car door, he's got to squat down yeah. to open it up. You know? Um, got himself perished. As far as the deaths go, another thing I really like was, so, so he, like, he, this is, like, the crow's first outing is when he sees Tintin. Yeah. So, you know, and is just, like, boots, pants, shirt, makeup. It looks awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, the original look was crazy cool. So good that when I watched horrible follow-up, City of Angels, and they basically did the same thing, but they extended everything, I remember thinking, like, ah, yeah, you don't have to do that. You can keep it just, like, like that, you yeah. know? Um, especially because they only hired... Vincent Perez? Yeah. Just because he looked like him? Yeah. He didn't even look a lot like him. Just no. enough. Just, just enough. enough. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway. Yeah, the Tintin where he's like, he's watching Tintin through the eyes of the crow. That's cool. And then he just free falls into the garbage yeah. from the rooftop and then starts laughing when he lands. Yeah, and then it's just like, uh, what the fuck was it? Tintin calls him a crackhead. And I remember thinking yeah. like, I think that's the first time I ever heard the phrase crackhead. This is like 94. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really, I didn't know crack was that big that it was just like, you fucking crackhead, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And he's like, uh, like Halloween isn't until manana. And you're like, you're <laughs> such a loser. You know? But they do a great job of setting him up. Like, even right away when they showed, like, uh, the rape and murder scenes. So you know T-Bird's the leader. You know Fun Boy just wants to fuck. Mm-hmm. You know Skank is A fucked. speed freak. Like, fucked. It's like, going off. And then, of course, you got Tintin, who's all about the blades. Mm-hmm. You know? And... So, they have that, like, like I said, like, we were talking about the fight scene is really cool, uh, grounded type of thing, where this is, now he's just kind of realizing that he's got these power, like, he's better, like, uh, stronger and faster and all that. And then, uh, I love when he's just like, I want you to tell me a story about a year ago, and he's going through that thing, and then, uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, like, uh, girl and her husband or whatever, yeah, so what? She's like. You raped and murdered. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, her, Shelly. Oh, we shagged her pink ass, and she loved it. And he's like, fuck this. So he's getting the upper hand. He's like, just yeah. beating him up type of thing. And I always like, even now I watch that scene, and like if you're hitting a guy with like a pole, and every time you hit him, he's still getting up. Like, I mean, how many hits do you do before you're like, I, I just got to go. Yeah. Like, I got to run because <laughs> this guy's going to get up and... Obviously, this is hurting him, but not enough to keep him the fuck down. Yeah. You know, but then he gets up and then makes him into a human push- pincushion, steals his coat. <laughs> steals his coat, yep. I like that. <laughs> like the coat. <laughs> and he does He does crawl on the wall in blood, right? Uh, he... I think he does. I think he Yeah, might. I think he did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so another one of those things where if you think about it too much, you kind of go, oh, you had that kind of time? Oh, he's got the talent. I mean, the fire crow. The fire crow, um, that was good. They're all great. Like and that's, all great. that's where it started, too. All the superhero movies after that, they all did their symbols and fire. But at least with the crow, you go, he's got fucking supernatural powers. Mm-hmm. It's not. It doesn't have to take him hours. It just takes him like that. Yeah. It just does it. Whereas, like, Batman in The Dark Knight Rises, you actually have to sit there and go, okay, so he got into a fire truck or something... Spray gasoline. It got into a fire truck. In a bat design <laughs> on the only wall, I guess, the only building that was big enough. Mm-hmm. So that way he could light the match that starts the fire that shows everybody that he's back. <sighs> Couldn't you just kill Bane and get it over with? <laughs> the amount of time all that took. Yeah. 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 You probably would have been, like, people in Gotham would have knew you were back sooner had you not wasted a week trying to figure out how to get all the logistics in order for you to be able to have one 30-second, I don't think it's 30 seconds of cool visual. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot they did it in Batman, too. Yeah, and Nolan is usually really smart when it comes to this kind of stuff. Because I know they did in Daredevil. Affleck's Daredevil. Yeah, wow. That's another one, too. And I feel like there's one, one other one, too, where they did the symbol with the fire. Surprised it is just outside of human torch doing the big four in the sky. Yeah, which okay, that's different. yeah okay. But anyway, so so yeah, so you get the, the awesome Tintin fight scene. Yeah. 
kills Tintin. Um, that's one thing, too, that I kind of like is that, uh, like, especially with Tintin, they still kind of played it like maybe he might not win, you know? Uh, and then, of course, later on, it's just, what, he's steamrolling through everybody, yeah. and that's kind of the point, right? Uh, what I did really enjoy was making the connection between The Crow and another movie in the 90s, and I don't know if you can make this link, but if I say the name Tony Todd, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Tony Todd, yes. The, the Candyman. That's right. Yeah. I know, I was actually, after I watched this, I went, wow, I didn't realize that Winston Zemmour killed the Candyman. I was literally looking at him, and I'm like, <laughs> I think that's motherfucking Candyman. Yeah. Then I Wikipedia, and I went, motherfucking, that's Candyman. It is Tony Todd. Seminal horror classic from the 90s. His name was uh, Grange. In yes. This. Tony Todd. Yeah. Oh, man, such a great cast. But yeah, T-Bird, I didn't even recognize him in John Wick. Like, when you brought that up in the Camcast months ago. <laughs> many, many months <laughs> many ago. Many months ago. Yeah. Uh, I looked back at that scene later. I was like, "Oh my god, it's Tebert!" I didn't even it didn't yeah. click with me when yeah, I watched he, it. He's he's done a lot of big stuff either. He never really was big. No, but yeah, like he, like I said, he's one of those guys where I see him. I don't think Fun Boy's down much either. Fun no, Boy, the guy who plays reckon, Skank. I, I don't, don't think recognize. I don't even recognize the guy who played Tintin and like Anthony. And I was just after. thinking the same thing. Tintin might, which is strange because they were all good actors. Like they nailed their roles in this. Yeah, like so good that like even to this day. Like, I remember almost everything about their characters. Yeah. Like, I even remember the part where it's just like, like, Skank is literally like, no, nah, man, you, you got him. That's yeah. Skank over there. He did. <laughs> he did. He did, you know? Yeah. Or, or what, what is it? The scene where he's just like, and then, and then I gotta get in there, smokes and road beers, and then I turn around, and T-Bird, in, in a car, and it's flying away, and then I, I chase after T-Bird, and it goes in the sky and explodes. For you, T Bird, fire it up, fire it up. He's just like, maybe we should like, slow this down yeah. and play it back in slow motion and maybe make more sense of this. And you're just like, this is fucking weird. It's so good. It's so good. So good. Ugh. Oh, yeah. What else? What else we got here? We got the score by Grand Rebel, which I, I don't think a lot of people really pay attention to because the soundtrack itself is so good. But the score is amazing because he's the one that did all of Eric Draven's music. Yeah. The guitar the solo score is on, amazing. on the rooftop. Oh, all the rooftop scenes. The running. That's one of my favorite The running things. where it's just running. And what, what's playing there? Is it Cure's Cure playing in that spot? I think it is actually Nine Inch Nails. I think it is. Yeah, you're right. It's because it's the Cure when he's putting on the makeup. For yeah, the time that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, and that actually, it's even like when you think about soundtracks and stuff and you think, oh, people, a lot of times they probably just go, oh, this sounds cool. This sounds cool here. Yeah. The Cure song the lyrics actually tie into what he's doing at that point in time. I thought like that was incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when they get to the, the scene where he's running off the rooftops because the cops are chasing him now. Yeah. The cops are officially like, we know. And Ernie Hudson's like going, holy shit. Like the but helicopters I, are coming out. One of my out, favorite things about it is that like it's done on a sound set. They invested the money in a sound set, mm -hmm. right? And so it's just the top of these buildings. So you have... First thing he does is when he when he hops down on the initial building, is trips. I was like, that's cool. They mm -hmm. kept that in, so he's yeah. still human, so to speak. And then they show him running and jumping and like even just using like the flagpole to scoot over to another thing. I was like, that's the kind of thing where if they shot that now, it'd all be CGI. Yeah, all it would be all CGI. Um, and it's sad that that's their go-to now because you look at that, and I mean, the CGI that they did in this one is terrible. Yeah, the it's, fire looks very bad. 
At the very beginning, Fire the buildings are burning. That looks bad. There's a couple shots for the crow. When he's healing, really fake. When he's healing, it's really bad. Uh, but it's so short and quick yeah. that it's. But that's more or less just a situation of how good things look today, for the most part. Right. Because back in the '90s, you watched that, and you were just like, "Holy crap!" Yeah. Like, uh, the one thing I did notice was you write about the crow. There's a, like the close-up scenes where the crow's with other people. Yeah. And it's almost like it's flickering. Yeah, it's super it's important. Like, like it's yeah, just like there's one part see. where he's running. And it's there, but it's a totally different shade from the, the whole background and, and him and everything. So, yeah. Like, you didn't color correct the crow in that yeah, shot. Yeah. Nice, guys. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like, um, uh, yeah, cinematography, like you brought up, was uh, Darius Wolski. I don't know his name from any other movie after this. No. I actually want to look it up and watch some of those movies. So do I, because. Because it's shot so beautifully. Like, the running, the way he kept up with that, and the way, like, there were shots in it where. Um, like at the end where he's playing top dollar on the building top and yes. he could have just went with a close up thing like this but he like he pulls away and, and they're like down in the lower right hand corner and he's focusing on all the scenery and stuff instead yeah the lightning coming down and, like, like and that like I was saying like the cinematography is absolutely incredible and it's it's truly like a gothic superhero movie mm -hmm. where like and I feel like and the other movies are a testament to this where they they're not gothic movies. They're just dark movies. Yes. You know? Yeah. Whereas this is a gothic movie. Because this is very much a gothic character. Mm -hmm. This is a character that should be, like, in, like, almost pure black, so to speak, right? Like, in that shirt there, where he's just yeah. casually sitting there, and he's got, like, his crow costume, he's so to that, speak. He's got his hands crossed. And... You know? He's just kind of like, uh-huh. And, like, he doesn't look heroic. And the character itself shouldn't, because this is like, the crow brought this guy back from the dead, mm -hmm. you know, to right the wrongs that were done to him. This isn't, you know, the yeah. only reason why he stuck around longer was because of Sarah. If yeah, it wasn't exactly. Sarah, he would have been I think he was, he, he was ready to go. He was already gone. he heard her screaming. He was already gone. He was already doing that, like, leaning on the, yeah. the grave scene, you know? And, uh, and that was it. And he had, had he not heard her, that would have been it. Mm-hmm. But then he finally, he, that's the only part in the sense that he's doing it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. This was all vengeance driven. This is the only aspect where you're like, okay, yeah, you're, you're a hero in this, in this sense. But like. But then like, like Tuckler says, it's like, I tell those guys what to do. I well, tell yeah. say, he never knew that his work would have been unfinished. Exactly. But that's the reason why he was able to do that, uh, where he massive, like gives all that pain to him. Yeah. Take it all. And top dollar had not have said that, I don't think he would have been able to do it. But then as soon as he does, he goes, okay, all mm -hmm. right, there it is. Yeah. 30 hours of pain and torment, torment all in one, just for you. I was like, holy fuck! Like, if that was the kind of penance stare Ghost Rider had in those movies, yeah. that would have been crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know? Not like this get-out-of-jail-free card. This is something like nobody wants to see the penance stare. So when he did that... And, like, that's another thing, too. So, like, I talked about the eyes in the beginning and they're cooking the eyes later. He takes all that and he realizes that Albrecht was there the entire time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What did he do that for? He didn't do it for any other reason other than to just have it so that later on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, I was trying to find uh, plot holes to this movie. You know what I mean? There isn't any plot holes. No. There's not any plot holes. The crow got injured, so now he doesn't have as much power as he used to. Or he's not a, a, invulnerable like yeah. he was. 
okay? But they never played it like he was Superman. No. You know? He was stronger than he was, but he wasn't so strong that, like, he's smashing guys' faces in, right? But even, even just how he kills everyone is... Aside from Skank, they all have, like, a specific death related to what they do. Skank gets thrown out of a building <laughs> just because, funny, it's Skank. Like, he's yeah. just... It's just like that parasite thing hanging around. But it's funny too, like these guys are total pieces of shit in this movie. I didn't feel anything when Tintin died. I didn't really feel anything when Funboy died. But the way like T-Bird was talking and everything in the car when he's about to die, and the way Skank was reacting and everything, like I almost felt like sympathy for these guys. Uh, Skank only because he's so fucked up that yeah. he's like, you could argue that he's just doing whatever they tell him to do. T-Bird, no. T-Bird, no. But the way he was doing that that big speech and the way that uh, Grand Rebel score kicks in, it's like this, this, this... Nope. And I disagree with that simply because he starts off by going, hey, man, like, you killed two of my guys. You got some moves. Like, do you want to join my crew? Mm. You know? Well, don't get me wrong. I don't and feel then, sympathy for him, but it's like, I almost felt like... I don't know what it is. Like, I was happy to see him fucking blow up and burn. Yeah. He shot later too when they like yeah. he's all fused he's all to the car and everything. I was just like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, I even like, I like that they do it like they talk about like police corruption, but they don't do it in such a huge, heavy-handed way. They talk about like gang violence, but again, like none of this is heavy-handed. It's mm-hmm. just like they're telling a story, but they're using the story to talk about these things that are happening because they're happening all the time. Oh yeah, you know, but like. And you said it earlier, like the love scene. Um, I think that was another thing that was missing in the comic books is that you didn't really revisit their relationship. It wasn't until later where James O'Barr like sh- fleshed out their, their relationship. Yeah. And I think he might have even tweaked it so it tied in more to the movie a bit at that point. But like getting those shots where the two of them together, their chemistry is so good. Like, you feel like they love each other. Yeah. It's, a, it's amazing because, like, their total screen time together is probably less than five minutes of the whole movie. Exactly. Exactly. But it but, like, you, feels it so real. It's like a, a life lived between yeah. the two of them. Um, that was the one line in uh, the apartment I wanted to say because I really liked it because that's where you start to get a glimpse of his sadness. And he goes, uh, he goes, uh, everything, uh, like, even the small moments were so important to Shelley. I always thought they were just trivial. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of looks at him and goes, nothing is trivial. Nothing is trivial. And you're just like, oh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Like, like, I couldn't imagine that. I couldn't imagine having to see uh, my wife getting, like, coming home and finding my wife there, getting beaten up by these guys, yeah. and then, like, getting shot and thrown out a window, and then having to come back and know that they, that they raped and murdered her. Knowing that she's gone. Yeah. Like, I'm back. She's not. Yeah, you're. You better believe I'm gonna kill these fucking guys. I like the fun boy death scene too. That was actually really fun. Boy death scene was great. It was great because like, it's great for so many reasons. But one of my favorites, that whole scene in general, is because like, because you got Sarah's mom. Yeah, Darla. Darla. Yep. Huge crazy tits on her, by the way. I don't <laughs> normally say shit like that on, on our camcast. Yep. I don't normally objectify women, but in this case, I like to this day, I'm still just like. Things are fucking huge, like on her body type, like yeah. just crazy. But she's another one where I've seen in other things, and she hasn't done too much. No, she always kind of plays uh, similar roles. Like she was in Unforgiven as one of the whores. Okay, 
Uh, you haven't seen that movie. You should see that movie. I haven't seen it. I, I have, but not, I can't remember the last time I watched it. Man, so good. Yeah. So good. Um, I think that's actually the last Western he ever did, too. I think that's it. For Clint Eastwood. I think that's his last one. I think it is. It is. Yeah. yeah he um, didn't do any after that. Anyway, so uh, so she you know plays the mother of Sarah, and she's ripped on heroin, and she's like fun boy's girlfriend or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But I remember like like the last couple of times I watched it, I always think like I couldn't imagine anyone really wanting to have sex with this guy because like sure he's probably maybe one of the better looking at this group of dudes here, but they all look like they're just gross, like they just stink. Mm-hmm. Like I don't look at them and go. Yeah, hanging out with them would be fun. I would look at them and go, like, well, they probably smell, because they probably don't bathe that often. Oh, God, yeah, they, they probably don't. Like, I would say Tintin might be the only one that bathes regularly. He's the only one that looked remotely clean. Yeah. But even then, it's hard to say, because he's draped in leather like a weirdo. <laughs> you know? But, like, like situations like that, like, I think about these things, like, and I go, like, they probably all just stink of dirt and drugs and cigarettes and whatever, yeah. but, like... A great, uh, what I do think, I, I'll get to Darla in a second, I, I love the scene where they're all sitting around and they're taking shots of the bullet. Of the bullet. The bullet, and then a shot, and then yeah. it's firing up, and then yeah. like the bartender's just kind of, or the owner of that bar is just kind of like, Darla, like, tell him to fucking lay off here. Like, and she's like, yeah, put your guns away, and then, you know, and she's with Bon Boy. But anyway, so then they go back to the room, and so now we've got <laughs> Eric Draven, uh, I also, it seems corny, but I like that he's called Draven, because mm. it's, yeah, you right. know, <laughs> uh, he does Raven quotes, which I was, I thought was awesome, but like, so he, he shows up, he's got Tintin's jacket, he's got a guitar, you know, and he's messing with heroin, heroin yeah. freak, fun boy, and he's like, what are you gonna, don't do that to me, <laughs> you know, and this is after, like, he was looking at the crow, and he's like, like, shut the fuck up. Like, stop saying that, you here weirdo. Here, fun boy. Here, fun boy. Yeah. You know, and that whole sequence is just so cool. Like, uh, <laughs> he's just like... <laughs> so Jesus goes to the innkeeper, gives him three nails. Can you put me up for the night? I was like, that's a great joke. It's a great line, you know? And I love how everyone that comes across him, aside from like, well, once it gets real, but they're all just kind of like, the fuck is up with this weirdo? Like they're all like fucked out of their heads. Yeah. But they're going like this freak show. Yeah. This crackhead. I can't remember what uh, Fun Boy called him, Smearface or something like that. But I remember just being like, "That's hilarious that you're you're doing this." And then uh, slaps the gun so he shoots his own leg. I was yeah. like, "That's great." Yeah. And the best line in the whole movie: "Look what you did to my sheets." <laughs> As he's bleeding out on his bed. <laughs> I mean, sorry, it's the second best line of the movie. The first is the one about the mother being the word of God. Yeah. Like, that, to this day, still cracks me up. I'm like, that is so funny. And I hope, I hope that that's one of those things where on a whim, the actor who played Fun Boy was just like, I just fucking said it, and they thought it was great. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to say anything. I just ad-libbed that line. They said it was great and kept it. Because it's such a great line. <laughs> because he's fucking whacked out of his mind. Yeah. He's living in a hellhole above the bar, ripped on heroin all day, er day. Of course he'd be concerned about his sheets, <laughs> you know? Ugh. Oh, God. 
So I got guitar scene on the rooftop. Love it. Yep. Yep. This is hands down in my top ten of favorite movies ever. Yeah. It's also... It's, it's It still is. Like, I'll do my top ten every few years, and, and this will escape my mind a little bit. Yes. And then every time I rewatch it, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, That's no. right. This is one of the best movies I've ever seen. That's right. I mean, like, even if you didn't know it was a comic book movie... Mm-hmm. Like uh, like Tank Girl. Tank Girl came around yeah. the same time. Yeah. And and that's another one too where like if you didn't know it was a comic book movie, that doesn't change your viewpoint of this movie. This is still an incredible like I said, like from start to finish, it's incredibly written, it's incredibly acted, mm-hmm. it's incredibly shot, it's incredibly scored, it's backed by an incredible soundtrack. Um, everything makes sense in this movie. There's not one part that I feel that is out of place for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, even just even the like the fact that they had very minimal special effects in this, but they almost all worked for the most part, um, except for like some things. Yeah, but some but things just dated, you know. Only yeah, they don't. They only age so well. Yeah, like Jurassic Park, the dinosaurs still look fucking fantastic. Yeah, because they're animatronics. But I mean, like... there's animatronics, but there's also. There's some CGI in that as well, too. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. But you look at the computer screens, and you're just like, oh, that's a 40-year-old movie. Instantly dated. Wow, that is incredibly old. I can't get over how... <laughs> and you're hacking. Oh, you're hacking. Oh, okay. It's not like that movie Hackers. There's a different layout for them, but whatever. <laughs> Hackers is one of those generational movies. Oh, God, yeah. I feel like you either like it, and, like, when you watch it, you either like it and like it for the rest of your life, regardless of how good or bad it is, or you didn't like it and you're never going to. Yeah. You know? I fall into the, uh, didn't really care for it. I liked it. I, I don't remember the last time I've seen it, but I remember liking it right away. But it kind of came out around the same time as Strange Days, and I found a lot of similarities between the two. Strange, Day, Strange Days was Because Strange Days is awesome. Strange Days is James awesome. James Cameron and Catherine Bigelow, like, that's a good movie. Yeah. Ralph Fiennes. Yeah. Yeah. Angela Bassett. Yeah, and one other actress. Who's the other? Which lead I can't recall. The other lead actress. But that was that was really good. That was like the early '90s was really good for like sci-fi. Oh god! Yeah. Like Johnny Mnemonic, which yep. apparently not a lot of people thought was a great movie, but I thought it was a phenomenal mm-hmm. movie. Just plus, just I don't know what it was about those those sci-fi movies. They just looked really cool. Yeah, you know. Um, because I mean, you had to use practical effects, and practical effects give it a, a realism. That CG like, well, it's a recall, same thing. Exactly. You know, like I didn't mind the newer one. I didn't mind the newer one I either. Thought it was good. The only part that really struck me as odd was uh, <laughs> final battle with Brian Cranston. Yeah. Where I wow. was, it was the same thing with John Wick, where I was just kind of like, "How is this believable?" Mm-hmm. But other than that, I really enjoyed it. Plus, it uh, it didn't feel like a... It wasn't a shot-for-shot remake, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so I like both of them. Mm. I want to watch that again now. Both of them both on of them, actually. even... I mean, uh, the first one I the, I feel is the better of the two. Because I also like the ambiguity at the end because of they, it. Because, yeah, this, the newer one, they don't go to Mars. No. No, there's no Mars in the new one. No, and they still have the three-breasted woman, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like, and they also, uh, it's less ambiguous too. Yeah. But then again, we're also like, again, I feel like it's that time period because 
like studios were just like, oh, this script is really, really cool. Um, maybe change this, maybe change this, maybe change this, and then go from there, right? Mm-hmm. Or largely just go, okay, great. And nowadays, it's literally like, I feel like you've got a script, and then you're in a room with like 40 executives, and they each read that script, and yeah. each of these people go, yeah, I like this, 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 I didn't like this, 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 and then the other guy goes, Oh yeah, I like this, this, and this, and didn't like this, and then yeah. together they'll vote on what they feel is the best version then of this script. They give you script. screenplay with writing all over, and they're like, there yeah. you go. And then they they hand it back, Make and then like bad. then you start filming it, and then somebody goes, wait a minute, I, just I had an changed idea. my mind. Yeah, and let's uh, let's just give you this thing, and the next thing you know, you have people going, yeah, we started uh, filming a movie where we didn't have a finished script. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> don't ask why. I know that makes no sense. Although these days, that's more and more of a thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? And I'm like... <sighs> yeah, like, I look at some of these older... Like, I look at The Crow. Uh, the Crow, with the budget that it was made with, wouldn't have been made today. I gotta quickly look at the budget. Would not have been made today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change my... Yeah, that's fine. My rule here. I wanna say that it was probably no more than $20 million back then. That's what I was thinking. And that might even be high. I'm, I'm thinking yeah. it's probably I, like a $10 million movie. Yeah. And even then, I think it was one of those things where they pushed it to $10 million. Yeah. Like, I, they were I just kind of like, ah. It made $50 million altogether domestic. Because they didn't do worldwide box office back then. It was no. domestic. No. Uh, the Crow budget. Mm, $15 mil. Okay, 15 So, made for 15 they made 50 So, that's a hell of a profit. That is a hell of a profit, actually. Yep. More than three times. Plus a cult following. Like, imagine how many VHSs and, and DVDs. next and... to no money in marketing. Mm-hmm. A couple of trailers. Yep. No, one trailer. Because there wasn't 14 trailers for every movie. No, but the, it didn't really need trailers because by that time it was all over newspapers and everything like Brandon Lee died making it. That's right. That's right. And they that had their was, own. That was their marketing. That's right. right there. That's right. And after he died, no studio wanted to touch it. Miramax were the ones that took the risk because no studio wanted it. They're like, no, no. Like, this is bad karma if we take this. Yeah. So, so they took it, they released it, and I uh, thank God they did. Yeah, I know. I'm so glad they did too. And, like, like you know how people say, well, you know, like, that person would have wanted it that way. Yeah. I actually kind of feel like, like, if you would have got bumped into Brandon in heaven and they were like, hey, man, how'd you feel about them releasing the movie? He was like, well, I made it to be consumed. Mm-hmm. Like, I made it so people could watch it. Yeah. You know. It was actually his girlfriend and his mother that came on to help finish it. Ah, they approved that's it right. all. That's right. That's yeah, right. so they were like, no, like he would want this done. Yeah. This is his legacy. That's how I would be. Like If I yeah. died in the middle of filming one of our a millionth episodes of Geek Pants, yeah. you know, I would, I would, I would hire want... a stunt double Yes. and I would superimpose your face onto it Thank you. the whole time. I would want that to be done. That's, that's exactly how or I would Or hey, think. who knows, maybe Nick Cage would come on and finish it for us. He fucking better. I'm getting sick of this, like, conjuring of Nick Cage. Yeah. Basically pleading Nick Cage to show up. I mean, how many times can I do this and just point, and hopefully in some random spot that I point, Nicholas Cage shows up? I'd be honestly kind of horrified. Like, his face just starts to emerge out of the movies, and they're all getting pushed off, and just, yeah. At least at that point, he would have showed up. Mm. Instead of just being a horrible, horrible guest. Can he say guest if he's not showing up? He's not a guest. You know what? Fuck Nicolas Cage. He's been invited many Fuck times. Fuck Nicolas Cage. Fuck Nicolas Cage. 
One more time. Hashtag fuck Nicolas Cage. Well, now he's coming and it won't be a very good visit. At this point, I don't even give a shit. Mm. Okay? How many times, you know, if Nicolas Cage invited me to his place, I'd show up. Would you? I don't know how long I would stay because <laughs> I feel like it would be a weird day. Yeah. After the plate of cocaine comes out. Actually, if I get a plate of cocaine and I'm doing like ninja kicks and then stripping off my jacket <laughs> and then a t-shirt and I'm throwing my jacket back yeah. on because I got this guy a t-shirt right <laughs> off my back, then yeah, you know what? I'm not going to turn down that afternoon. Greatest talk show entrance in history. <laughs> yeah, full on just kicks, kicks, <laughs> like Elvis style, but yeah. he's so ripped on coke that it's like, it's not, it's less Elvis and more just what the fuck is he on this situation? <laughs> so, um, <sighs> I think, I think I've said all that I want to say about The Crow, and, uh, this will be one of those camcasts where we're only doing The Crow. We're not doing City of Angels. We're not doing, uh, Salvation. We're sure as hell not doing Wicked Prayer or whatever no. the fuck it was called. No, it's 25th anniversary. Like, that's amazing, 25 years. How quick does that shit go? I remember watching that movie with you like it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, no, and then I remember like watching it repeatedly. Like repeatedly. the VHS came out of my parents' store, we grabbed it, and then once they started selling them in stores, they had that special edition one, where for the first time ever, this is like the earliest I remember. There were special features after the credits. Yes, like DVD style. That's you had to right. Wait till after the credits, and that's they had that right. last interview with Brandon and all. I this think stuff. that's the interview I was talking about, where he talks about how like uh, like at first I was playing it sort of straight, and then I was kind of like. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like I would be, I would be a little crazy here. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be a little bit off my, out of my mind. And I was like, "Yeah, you would be." Such a great interview. You know. Man, um, twenty five years. Yeah, twenty five years. Twenty five years, and I will never not watch that movie. Oh, you know. Also, yeah. speaking of the the uh, the box covers, that's one of the coolest box covers ever. Where he's walking into the church. That and there's that silhouette, yeah. like the sun's, or the light's hitting him here just enough, and it's just that one shot. Yeah, and the crow's flying like above this. him. Yeah, and that's, that's part of that's the actual logo. one of the best posters ever. That like, is one of the best like posters Like, they kind of changed ever. it up now for the Blu-rays and stuff. It looks like this now. Ooh. Yeah. I don't like that at all, actually. Yeah, that's what it looks like now. Oh, that's so garbage. <laughs> and then, that is absolute garbage, actually. Everything about this is gross. Oh, and here's the... I even got the Japanese Blu-ray. Look at that cover. Yeah. It's... It's better. I don't even want to say it's like, better. I, I don't know. I'll let everyone else That's decide. the VHS cover right there. That's the exactly, special edition yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. That I remember. But, like... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, like, like, I, I don't understand why they do that. You had perfect artwork. That original one, that VHS cover that I have, yep. is still like the best poster. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, posters are a dying breed now. Especially with uh, uh, months ago when Spider-Man, Far From Home, had that controversy with all those like shit fucking poster after shit poster after yep. shit poster. This is garbage. Like... Like, I think about it and I go, like, it's so funny because uh, your brother, the James Levitsky, starts off with, like, superimposing his head on, like, Hulk's body type of thing. And then it leads him to being, uh, like, followed by the millions on his Instagram as uh, the Gentleman Bronco. And I look at the stuff he does 
and I go, like, this is insane that this is the thought process that he has, right? Because he's an artist. I know. Then I look at something as simple as having a poster with uh, Spider-Man and Mysterio, and for some reason, uh, Nick Fury? Yeah. Not, like, I mean, I feel like... Well, like, I- Iron Man's not around now, so you got to have Nick Fury on there. Yeah, but I, but again, that's the same thing. So they had, like, the first batch of posters was, like, when Homecoming, they had Spider-Man, uh, like, on a sign, hanging out with the school jacket mm-hmm. on. Those were kind of nice. They Those were, like, cool. fun, I like the hangout whimsical. one. That one was fun. Yeah. So then they did something similar with the new ones where they had them all in like different parts of Europe, which I thought, okay, those are kind of nice. Those mm-hmm. are kind of neat. Uh, but then they do that weirdo, like, oddly, like, his face looks like he's four, <coughs> four years old, five years old. Yeah. They get Nick Fear. They're all, like, superimposed weirdly. Weird triangles. Like, it actually shit. looks, it doesn't even look like it's them. It's like a weird CGI vision of them. It looks like some kind of fan art poster contest. Yeah. And that's the winner. And you've got, like, uh, Spider-Man doing, like, this weird, like, breast ass-out pose that they yeah. always give the women shit for. I'll give them credit because they finally got a guy doing it. Yeah. But this is, like, this is hard to do. It's not easy. And do I look cool? Would you stand like that in real life for any reason? No. If I someone wouldn't... was coming up behind you, would you turn your body or would you just stick your ass out and put your neck around? Yeah. Hey! Oh, hey, it's you! Oh, hey, don't uh, don't attack me from behind. Oh, hey, Nick. Be gentle. Good thing I got my Chris Tingle. <clears throat> but, yeah, so, I, like, yeah, posters are dying, dying art now. But, yeah, it's like, more like high-end screen prints now that, like, these poster companies are doing. Are they? Because, like, the last couple of Star Wars uh, posters that I've seen and the last couple of Marvel posters that I've seen are all kind of the same. Oh, yeah. No, those are the actual Hollywood posters. Oh, okay. Which is a dying market. People aren't looking at those anymore. But they're going yeah. to, like, these actual big art galleries now. Like, there's Bottle Deck in New York, Mondo, oh, okay. Mondo in Texas. And okay, okay. And these guys are doing these special edition posters, 80 to 100 bucks each. Okay. Super rare. Okay. But That's different. gorgeous. Yeah, okay. And you're like, oh, why doesn't the studios just hire these guys to make the posters? Yeah. Well, because I guess Simple. you can get a guy that can do this point and click and point and click and yeah. drag For a quarter and of the price. expand. And then, uh, oh, yeah, you got to, like, Instagram, Facetune everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I still can't get over how bad they made uh, Tom look like, um, I literally just blanked, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. I said his first name like we're buddies. Like, Tom, yeah. you know my yeah. pal Tom Holland? Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. Tommy Tom. Tom Tom. 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 Oh, it's Tommy Tom. Yeah, Tommy Tom, Tommy Tom, H. Anyway, uh, they make him look so young. Yeah. Okay, and for a guy in his mid-20s, he looks pretty young as it is, mm-hmm. right? Um, anyway, so, yeah, so posters, like, that's still one of the coolest Yeah, so you go back to posters, like, early 90s posters were awesome. Yeah. Even shitty movies had great posters. Because early 90s movies, and even, like, late 90s and early 2000s movies, didn't have... Uh, Four to five million trailers. Yeah. They didn't have a teaser. Yeah. Teaser trailer for the trailer that happens seconds before you watch the trailer. Mm-hmm. Then you didn't have a, uh, trailers one through five. I think that's the minimum is five trailers. For the big ones these days, yeah, usually at least three to four. At least three to four. And that's not including the teasers. Yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking... Plus like, all the TV spots. 
Yeah, because like show even more we, we say this every once in a while, but like I think I only remember seeing one trailer for Jurassic Park. And it was the only trailer that they used to sell the movie. Mm-hmm. That In my mind, that's all I remember is the one. You know? Where it's like, they got the black with that Jurassic Park writing mm-hmm. 65 million years ago. And it's like, boom, you get that. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. And then you're like, oh yeah, that's right. And then it's just like, uh, dinosaurs ruled the earth. <laughs> and then, uh, I can't remember what, uh, something like, but now they're back or something like that. And then it's like, you get a couple of shots of the dinosaurs, you know, uh, they get the shot of the, uh, the T-Rex, right? And then it's like Jurassic Park, boom. Because back in those days, you didn't really have TV spots. No. You didn't have internet. That's what I mean. So the only time you would see a trailer is if you watched a movie at the theater and that trailer was attached to it. Exactly. Otherwise, you didn't know anything about the movie until you opened up your Friday newspaper and saw the ad. Yeah, Jurassic Park. That was the other today. thing that I loved about going to the movies, and what I still love about going to the movies, but it is different now, is that you had trailers. You didn't have twenty minutes of trailers. Yeah. You had two, I think, maybe three. Yeah. You had trailers. You didn't have twenty minutes of car commercials before the trailers. Yeah, that really. With another fifteen minutes of trivia before it. Yeah, that bugs me too. I used to like it, but now I'm like, I don't care. Mostly because yeah. I know all the answers. Yeah. I think that's why I'm like, ah, I already know all the answers. You can't stump me, so get yeah. the fuck out of here. Like, Adrian and I were talking the other day, like, I'm so pissed. Like, we only got one movie theater in Thunder Bay now. Yeah. When we were kids, we had six, seven. Yeah, no, we went through all oh, the previous camcasts we went through because it was like the whole list was yeah. ridiculous. And like we were saying the other day, we were like, someone really just needs to open a cheapy theater here again. I can play the movies that Silver City pulls after two weeks because I got to go, uh, you know. The next Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah. Literally, when Far From Home opened a few months back, <laughs> it had 12 showtimes and they pulled three movies that were only in there for two weeks. <laughs> it's like, why? You're giving half your theater to one movie. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either because, like, even like a movie like that uh, or like any of these big blockbuster movies. Could be played in two theaters. Exactly. You know? I think there's money. We should open a movie theater here. Hold on. We gotta wait till this Geek Pants stuff steamrolls and yeah. then. And mm-hmm. then. Get us up there. We'll open a movie theater. Cheap prices. It only benefits people in Thunder Bay. But mm-hmm. still, do that. Help mm-hmm. us out here. Mm-hmm. Help us mm-hmm. out here. Um, so, I guess at this point, I will have to say Happy Devil's Night. Happy Devil's Night, Chris. Or Merry Devil's Night? No, Happy Devil's Merry, Night. Merry Devil's Night. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work the same. No. It doesn't no. work the same. We know it does work. What's that? Fire it up! Yeah, that does work. That does work. Um, let's see if I got this. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. Fire it up! Fire it up! Fire it up! Fire it up! Oh, Are you going to keep going? I, I thought the one point that... It, I, fire it Thanks for stopping by. As always, Chris Mercier, Kenneth Levitsky. We can be seen on YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter, and Instagram. Oh my god! And if you can't remember that, then you've got issues, because I can remember that. But thanks again for Took stopping like by. like 50 episodes. No. It wasn't that bad. No. I, I fluctuate between nailing it <laughs> yeah. and then not nailing yeah. it. Yeah, far away.
Would you say far from home? Fire it up. <laughs> Fire it up. <laughs> Boom! These pancakes are delicious.